Hey, girlfriends, this is just wanted to take a minute to introduce this show. This is a show that we recorded with Kathleen Zellman, who's a registered dietitian nutritionist and incredibly accomplished. She's actually the nutritionist for WebMD, and she's spoken on stages with people as wide-reaching as Walter Willett from the Harvard School of Public Health to the First Lady Michelle Obama. She is incredibly influential, and she knows so many things about nutrition, so I'm really excited to bring you this show, part two. I love that. Well, so those are some great red flags, things for us to keep in mind as we evaluate health information, nutrition information, diet information that we see online or we hear from friends. So can we talk about some of the big ones? Okay, so I have a list and I sent these to Kathleen in advance so she could get her mind around some of these popular things that we hear so much about. And I want to just start by saying um, that you know, we're not, this isn't about one, a person or an organization or, you know, any, any specific influencer. I mean, I think this is, these are broad categories that a lot of people have adopted. And, um, I think that we have a lot of questions about them. So Mm -hmm. we get questions about them and I think they come up a lot. And and I just want to make sure, like, we're not criticizing a person. If we have critical comments about these, um, ideas, we're criticizing maybe the shortcomings and some of the weaknesses. And, And I think for each one, there are also some positive things. So, so, we're going to talk about that in a very broad way, um, but I always like to like not offend anybody. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I just want you to understand <laughs> the benefits and the risks. So we're going to start with one that I think is so popular and one that I get a lot of questions about, um, and that's intermittent fasting. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. we were going to start with the keto. <laughs> oh, you want to start with keto? No, we can what? start. We, we can we're going to talk in, about both of well, them, yeah, y'all. Yeah, we're going to talk about everything. <laughs> well, intermittent fasting, it's not really a diet. Right. Um, it's basically a timed approach to eating. Yeah. And there are, there's not not eating (laughs) or not eating. Exactly. Um, there are several different types of it, but essentially what they do is they, they employ an age old technique, which is fasting. People have done it religiously and Mm -hmm. most healthy people not going to have a problem, but you know, I can't stress enough that if you have any kind of condition or you're pregnant, you're lactating, you know, you don't want to touch any type of fat diet, any kind of diet really without going through, um, your healthcare professional. But this, what what they do in intermittent fasting is they limit the times that you can eat. So some of the plans um, only allow you a four-hour window. So that it's called the warrior approach. So you're only allowed four hours of eating a day, which it's really hard to get enough nutrients and enough calories in four hours. And the pro- one of the problems is that you, we eat because we need energy. Yeah. And so if you don't have food, you can rely and you can tap on some of your stores, but you're, it's going to be really hard to exercise and be bright and, you know, cause your brain needs glucose right. in order to function. So I, I really struggle with, uh, recommending anything as severe as the warrior approach. I think about like for me, like as I, I'm, I'm giggling over here as you're talking about this four hour window because I'm like imagining myself standing for four hours in front of my refrigerator. Yeah, really. <laughs> that would be me. It's well, like, and the <laughs> other thing about this is they don't really tell you what kinds of foods to eat. They basically just say only eat for these specified periods of time. So you have to make it count, even though you're not counting calories. You need to make sure you're eating nutrient-rich food right. because if you only have four hours to eat everything you need to, you know, we all these nutrients are part of a healthy diet and we mm-hmm. need the mm-hmm. micronutrients, the macronutrients, that's carbs, proteins, fat, fiber, vitamins, minerals. So um, it's hard. So I would not advocate the, the warrior approach, but then there are a few other ones. Um, the alternate day fasting, I know several people who have had great success with it. So essentially, five days a week, you eat normally. And and I say eat normally in quotes because you're not supposed to be eating whatever you want or junk food because you're not going to lose weight um, if you, you know, really pack it on those five days and then two days you fast. Mm-hmm. So it's meant to be like not two consecutive days. So let's say you do Monday and Thursday are your fasting days. Uh, and then the other days you you eat normally. So people have done pretty well with that. I like, but they're not completely not eating, right? Well, some, there's there's a one approach is completely not eating. Oh wow! But then the one I think that's more popular is where people are eating five to six hundred calories. Yeah. So they're eating nuts. They're trying to get some 
you know, fiber and protein and fats and be able to get to feel some sort of satiety because let's face it, five or 600 calories, it's hard to feel full. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's another issue that you, you might get used to it, but basically you're, you go two days a week on a, you know, very, very low calorie diet of, of five to 600 calories. And then some of them are actually advocating a third day so that you might do a four, three, four days on and three days off as long as they're not consecutive. So um, intermittent fasting, the, there have been some studies yeah. that have said, yes, it can work, um, that maybe they lose actually more visceral fat than people who are on And visceral types fat of, is like is in the, the abdomen. Unhealthy stuff, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, but, but fasting has effects on people's bodies. So, yeah. you know, think about that energy, but the positive is you might be able to reduce your blood sugar. You might be able to reduce your insulin. Um, you might be able to tap into your stored fat and that's the purpose of it to, to help target and, um, you know, use up some of that body fat. So I'm not opposed, mm -hmm. um, except for that, you know, warrior approach. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, let's face it, fasting dates back to ancient times sure. and, and religious, um, uh, beliefs. So I think that if you're healthy, sure, it's, it's an approach. It's, um, you know, it's something that, you certainly can do. And is it sustainable? I've known someone who's done it for years huh, and he's a doctor okay. and he, you know, he basically fasts two days a week and he drinks coffee and eats nuts. And he probably has a very rigid personality. Yes. So yes. I think for, I think that's a big part of like what kinds of eating approaches work for people. I think it definitely can have a lot to do with personality. And mm -hmm. for some people that would never work. Like for me, I would, I could never, I would never I would never be happy doing it. I would be hangry pretty yes. fast. And the people around me would hate me. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I tried intermittent fasting. Oh, good. Um, 16 hours fasting. I could not go a whole day because I can't. But yeah. 16 hours fasting. So basically stopped eating at about 8 and then had my uh -huh. first meal at about noon, had coffee in the morning. Um, and that worked pretty well. It's when I tried to go to extend the fasting window where I was like, okay, I'm hungry. Yeah. My stomach is growling. I'm getting irritated. I'm just going to eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't well, that's the other approach me. where it's, it's every day, but yet you only have an eight hour window of eating. Mm -hmm. um, and people have had success with that as well. Yeah. And that, it, that reminds me of the old, there was, there used to be some old advice, like don't eat after 6 PM or something like that. Well, you know, and you can make that window wherever you yeah. want. You can start it at 11 in the morning and go until 7 PM. So you can modulate that one. And I think that's really good for people who like have mindless eating at night. Mm -hmm. They sit down to watch TV and they get their hands stuck in a bag mm -hmm. or they're snackers or, mm -hmm. you know, it just cut, it, it cuts down or it shuts down the kitchen yeah so mm -hmm. i mean i'm i'm all in favor i like that one probably best of all of all of the intermittent fasting that eight hours is reasonable amount of time to get in what you need it might mean you know a later breakfast and an earlier dinner but it still i think should be able to sustain you and sustain your energy because mm -hmm. the energy piece i think is really important mm -hmm. and i also worry about losing muscle during fasting sure so in some of the other approaches when you're not eating at all i mean your body thinks, okay, you know, I'm on a desert island and I need to shut down. <laughs> so they lower your, your basal metabolic rate mm -hmm. and they can tap into um, precious sources of muscle protein in order to fuel the body. So mm -hmm. we don't ever want to tap into our muscle and our, you know, we need to we preserve burn it that. at all costs. Yeah. We want to tap fat. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's one of the downsides, um, you know, then, and I think you can try to help prevent that by making sure that you eat enough protein and that mm -hmm. when you do, when you choose the food that you're going to eat during intermittent fasting, you really need to eat a healthy diet. Yeah. You know, don't think that just because you're fasting, you can eat whatever you want, you know, and that it's going to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what about, let's move on to the keto diet. Okay. <laughs> well, the keto, the keto, I just find a little bit perplexing. I mean, it's almost like an oxymoron to me because here we have people who are willing to just eat mostly fat and protein. And, um, and, you know, we have this plant-based 
diet that's being advocated all over. We have the impossible burger that's like taking <laughs> the media by storm and it's a it's totally um made in the laboratory to taste and look like protein and a hamburger and yet it's all plant. And then we have this keto diet where people are eating high fat, high protein diets. I think the composition of the diet is like um how many grams 165 grams of fat 40 grams of carb and 75 grams of protein in wow. your basic 2000 calorie <laughs> diet i mean that is way too much fat and while some of the fat is healthy fat most of it is saturated fat so there's a real mm -hmm. concern about eating that much saturated fat and i think if you're on this plan you need to know that this was a medical diet um that was used for children who had epilepsy mm -hmm. and to help them control their seizures. And they used to, because I remember in my days as a pediatric dietitian, giving them MCT oil, which is medium chain triglyceride oil, to try to just pump up the oil because there were some studies that suggested that the high fat diet could have some, you know, um, impact on lowering the, um, the incidence of their um, seizures. So it's not meant to be a weight loss diet. So, you know, I'm I'm not a, I'm I'm totally opposed to this. Yeah. Um from a nutrition standpoint, I don't it's not a weight loss wonder. Um it was never meant to be and yet, you know, like somebody takes off with it and and sure you're going to probably have some success with it, but as soon as you get back to eating normally, you know, there goes the success. Sure. Um you know, 90% of your calories should not come from fat. Mm -hmm. Um and you need carb. Your brain needs carbohydrates. You know, we need fuel and yeah. carbs are the best fuel for your body. So I hate that they pull out all kinds of healthy foods. Mostly it's, you know, I think you can have a little greens and um, you can have a little bit of carbohydrate, but they don't want you having but much But you fruit. can't have no sweet potatoes, no, no beans. No, no exactly. No, right. One no of grains. The... And those things are super healthy. So right. I hate any plan that pulls that off. This is not sustainable. It's not meant to be. So this dietitian gives keto a big thumb down. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. One, you know, one of my big concerns about the keto diet is the the impact on the microbiome. Oh, so when we think point. about like the gut microbiota and that this having a healthy gut, healthy gut bacteria is so important to short-term and long-term health. Absolutely. And you on um, this diet you get so little fiber and you're not getting the phytonutrients that you get from fruits and vegetables and whole grains. You're, you're just not going to be able to get enough of those to feed your gut bacteria to keep that hospitable and, and healthy. And I, I think that on its own, you know, once we start to really manipulate the gut bacteria, it's, it's not as easy as we think it is to get it back to a healthy state. So whether it's antibiotics or it's a drastic diet, you know, either of these can have an impact on our gut bacteria in a negative way that can be difficult to recuperate from. Right. And you so, don't really know. I mean, I think when we talk about the microbiome, it's relatively new science. Yeah. And most people who are out there going on these diets don't really even understand what it is or the impact it has. But you just gave a great analogy about antibiotics. Everyone knows when you are on antibiotics, generally it, it wipes you clean of your healthy bacteria. Right. But the same thing can happen from a fad diet like yes. this, that, you know, you really can have a negative impact. And, and what does it mean long term? Maybe it's why you're more vulnerable to colds. Maybe it's affecting your immune system. Maybe it's affecting your ability to fight off cancer cells. There's so much that we don't know, but we do. what we do know is that the source of your immune function and your ability to be healthy stems from a healthy microbiome. Yeah. So we want to feed it, and one of the best things you can do to feed it is fiber. Yeah, absolutely. And and the right kinds of pre and probiotics. Right, right. Yogurt. So I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on the keto diet. I think it's a big old no. A big old no. <laughs> I've done it. And part of the reason I stopped, in addition to my doctor saying, what is going on with your cholesterol? Oh, <laughs> good. I'm, I'm glad he told you to stop. <laughs> was... What do, what sense does it make that I cannot have an apple? How is it that I cannot, if I eat an apple, I blow my carbs for the rest of the day mm. and I eat, I love fruit. So mm -hmm. 
you know, I would generally eat a couple apples a week, but I can't have that. That doesn't make any sense. That's but a I, can, lag. I can eat yeah. all this bacon <laughs> if I want it. And the other problem with it is that you can eat whatever level fat meat. I mean, it doesn't say you should be eating lean meat. You mm. can eat those big old fat ribeyes. And- oh, no, they tell you. Get the, get the what get is the it, the 80-20? Oh. Get the fatty. And Woo. I did that once, but I was like, oh, my gosh. Like Yeah, so much fat in the pan. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So horrible. if you are going to be on the, if you want to try it, do it with, you know, medical supervision. I think that, you know, at least let your doctor know and make sure there's no conditions and try to eat more of the unsaturated fat. So avocado and oils and nuts and things that are a little bit, um, that are not saturated. I mean, coconut oil, people think it has a health halo. It is the most saturated fat that we have. So yeah, while it's great if you're vegan and you you want you're looking for alternatives, or it's wonderful for your skin on a topical oh, basis, yeah. but and for your hair, if you're yeah, African-American. there you go. I mean, <laughs> but it is not necessarily good for your diet. So you get to pick where you get your saturated fat. But remember, it's one of the ones that is highest in saturated fat. So I say, move on and look at some other kinds of um, plans because you're not going to be able to sustain this. And it's probably not good for you. And you'll probably be constipated because you don't have any <laughs> And then you'll be cranky. You can't yeah. eat apples. You'll yeah. be cranky because you don't have enough glucose for your brain and because you're constipated. Right. right. I mean, the brain <laughs> And the people around sugar. you are not going to want to hang out with you because you're right. going to have so much gas. You'll be irritable. So the risks <laughs> add up. Um, I say pass on it and, yeah. and keep looking. Yeah. So what about another one that I think is really, really popular? Um and I have mixed feelings about is the Whole30. Okay. So let's talk about Whole30. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I know plenty of people who have done Me this too. one as Me well. Me too. It's not a diet. It's a weight, you know, it's, they claim not to be a diet or a weight loss or a quick fix, but to change your life. Yeah. And that they're going to help you reduce your cravings and they'll rebalance your hormones and they'll cure digestive issues and improve medical conditions. This sounds great. Well, you know, and they, <laughs> that it, you'll completely heal because you'll be removing these foods that cause inflammation. So they make some really grandiose, unsubstantiated claims about the benefits that have not been proven with scientific evidence. So that in and of itself, huge red flag. I really, if it were me, I wouldn't go any further Mm -hmm. just looking at that. So, um, but they do pull out sugar out of your diet. So if you're eating too much sugar, I mean, you can live without sugar. Um, Added sugar, you mean. Added Mm -hmm. sugar, right, right. Not natural sugars and fruits and vegetables. Um, but added sugar, I mean, it, it makes food taste good, um, but we don't need it. Um, but we do need fruits and vegetables. Alcohol, well, um, alcohol's pulled out of this Whole30 as well. And if you're like me, I love my glass of wine with dinner. And the dietary guidelines say that you can have a glass of wine. Ladies, we can have one. Guys, you can have two a day. That, you know, if you drink responsibly this, and you calculate those calories into your, your calorie budget, no problem drinking alcohol. It's when you're excessive. But they pull out grains, they pull out dairy, and they pull out legumes for 30 days. So for 30 days, they really pull, put some big holes in your diet. So no dairy and no grains. Um, and I, I'm fine with the sugar and I'm fine with the alcohol, especially if you're, you know, you overdo that. And apparently by day 31, you start to slowly introduce foods back into your plan to see how you feel, how your body reacts to them. And I'm not so sure that we're objective enough to evaluate that. Um, you know, like for me, I would be dying for, you know, a piece of whole grain bread. A glass um, of red wine. Yeah, a glass of red <laughs> wine. Um, uh, makes me feel great. Yeah, the milk in my coffee. no exercise required. So that's another red flag for me. There's no calorie counting. Although when you pull out all of this stuff, you know, chances are you're going to, you're less likely to overdo it. Right. But um, I don't like that these food groups have been, especially grains and dairy. I mean, grains and dairy are fundamental. They provide us with nutrients that we need. But can you live 30 days of that? Absolutely. If you're healthy, it's yeah. not a problem. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm less, um, you know, I'm not sure I'd give this a Big old thumbs down. I'm kind of neutral on it. I would never recommend it yeah, because I don't really believe in it. But if you're eating whole foods, you know, foods that are closer to the earth, um, lots of vegetables, and, you know, I do think you can have a little fruit on this. I yeah. Think they, you know, yeah. they want you to have more vegetables. 
But, you know, you can't even chew a piece of sugarless gum or put a little dash of skim milk in your coffee. Um, I think that it's very restrictive, hard to sustain. And because the science isn't there, I'm, I'm just not sure I would advocate this. I mean, I'm all about those lifestyle changes. Yeah. What can you do? For the rest of your life, that be that B student. What can you do? I mean, and and eating closer to the earth. I mean, I'd rather see you have fewer overly processed foods. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the one with the whole long list of ingredients. Not sure. food has to be processed in order to get to the grocery store. So we couldn't even have milk. Milk is processed. You know, carrots are processed. Grains don't come out of the field without being minimally processed. So I don't want to give processing a bad. Um, connotation because we need processing but then we have the spectrum and on the other end of the spectrum there are overly processed foods and these new fandangled products that look and taste like something that they're not I mean that is a processing and it's modern technology it's amazing that we can do it but there's a lot of laboratory work that goes into creating fake foods yeah I think for me the um the issues I have with the whole 30 approach. And I agree with you completely. Everything you've said with regard to pulling out those important food groups. I think the other thing that I see with this approach is that it's a uh, short term. I, mm-hmm. I have never, everybody I know who does this binges after they finish. Mm-hmm. Everybody I know is like on day 31, they are like celebrating with tacos and tequila. I mean, they're, <laughs> I mean, really like everybody I know, I see them and they, and they hate it when they're not everybody, but a lot of people that I know who've done it, they just hate it. They complain oh, the whole the time process. that yeah. during the process, yeah. they hate it. They hate it. They hate it. Well, they it. feel hungry initially right? and then they don't because when you don't eat enough carbohydrate and you start producing ketones, you know, that can help make you feel a more or, or at least blunt that feeling of hunger. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it's hard for your body to adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, carbohydrates give us energy. Yeah. You know, we want energy. So there, there have been some small studies that say that, you know, this will, you can um, lose a little bit of weight, you know, six to 15 pounds. I think they saw, well, that's what the survey online said <laughs> from the company. So, you know, six, six pounds in a month is, is really good. I sure. mean, one to two pounds a week is about max usually. Mm-hmm. So that's a good weight loss. But if you're going to just go right back to where you were before, right? I want a plan for you that teaches you how to eat. I'm a huge right. fan of Weight Watchers, of the Mediterranean diet, of, of plans that allow for, are inclusive, not restrictive, teach you how to, or help you get more in touch with more fruits and vegetables in your diet, more whole grains, Mm -hmm. um, fruits, vegetables, grains, they all have fiber and that fiber really helps fill you up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not totally opposed to this, but I will say that U S world and U S news and world report does an annual review of diets and it ranks this whole 30 diet number 38 out of 41 diets. Wow. So it was really down there on the list. And there's a whole group of impartial experts that do the evaluation. There are just too many problems with it. Um, but for one month, if you want to try it, go for it. Sure. But try to realize that when, you, when you're when you ravenous and you're taco and, and tequiling, that's <laughs> not really what we want you to do. We want you to just be, you know, eat more healthfully, yeah. be in touch with hunger and satiety, push away from the table, yeah. you know, those kinds of things that help you, um, you know, live day to day. Yeah. I do love that it, that it does focus on whole foods. Yes. I do think that that part of the diet is actually really good. And for somebody who maybe eats very limited fruits and vegetables, it can, I think this can be a way to encourage them to eat more because for 30 days you're trying, a lot of times when people do this, they're trying new recipes, they're trying new foods, they're doing things, they're doing more food prep, they're they're practicing some of the habits that I want people to adopt. So from that perspective, I think it's, it's actually, good. that part of it's really good. But I do think that there are some pretty significant pitfalls to it and I think it's overly restrictive and how it makes people feel or approach food 
um, mentally is not a good thing. So it's very restrictive. And then it's like very, you go from like being super restrictive to being completely permissive. And I think that that can be a difficult place for people, especially thinking back or talking when we were talking about yo-yo dieting, sort of that cycling and rebounding. And I think that part of it is problematic. And I agree. There are better, better ways to approach food. Dee, have you tried that one? No, because I already know. (laughs) From Sherry, I'm sure. (laughs) I, I, this, I did buy, no, I didn't buy the book. I, um, the subscription service that I have, I got the book and I started reading through it and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. I did decide when I decided to change my diet, um, a couple of years ago and change the way that I lived my life, I did decide that I wasn't going to do anything that I couldn't do for the rest of my life. That's so outstanding. I did keto for like two weeks, maybe a month. And I was like, there's no way I can do, do this. this. Yeah. The Especially when life. you think about it was great at apple. first. Like, <laughs> all this cheese, yeah. all this Bacon, butter, coconut butter. milk in my coffee, coconut <laughs> butter in my coffee. Oh, 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 delicious. Oh. oh, it's so delicious. Is oh. that how I, it is? Oh, oh yeah. But well, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, I miss apples. I miss oranges. Yeah. Basically, I missed fruit. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dia's aren't n equals one. She's like awesome. <laughs> well, she, 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 she that, tests that's why I asked she's tried well, the other I two. I try everything yeah. because I really want to change my body to look the way that I want it to look. I want to feel amazing. And so I'm just trying to figure out what do I need to do in order to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Also, my mom passed away from early onset Alzheimer's. So I'm also trying to uh, mitigate the possibility of that happening mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, keto was not the way that <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> to happen. Yeah. But right. yeah. Right. So what, since we're talking about Whole30, what about the this trend toward gluten-free eating? Oh, so um, gluten-free got sensationalized as a weight loss plan, and I give Elizabeth Hasselbeck all the credit for that. She wrote a book. <laughs> what and, was her – no, I don't even say it. It doesn't matter. Um, and she basically said, hey, maybe your problem is gluten. Does she have celiac or – Well, I think she I probably know. has some sort of sensitivity to gluten. So okay. she she brought to light the fact that there is this whole group of people – who have sensitivity, like their sensitivity to lactose, um, and we use. But even to, that's controversial, I think. Lactose. No, no, no. Gluten sensitivity. Oh. I think even that's There's still pretty a little good science on yeah. that. Although there are no biomarkers, so that yes. means that if I suspect that I have a gluten intolerance, then I'm, I can be tested to make sure that I don't have celiac sprue because gluten-free diet is medical therapy for people who have. Um, celiac sprue, and that's only one to two percent of the population, but that's how they survive. That's their medicine. Yeah, um, food is medicine. So the everyone else who's eliminating it probably doesn't need to it. There might be some sensitivity, but the biomarkers mean we can't do a blood test to say, oh yeah, you're sensitive. Um, so there's it's really subjective. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in double blind, there've been some studies that have looked at okay, we pull it out and then we reintroduce it and the symptoms come back. That's pretty much how you determine whether or not you have this sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So sensitivity is fine, um, which means you probably can handle some, not all gluten. So if you have a sandwich and you're having you know whole wheat bread, as long as you're having a whole meal with it and you're not just eating the bread. So you have the the meat and the cheese and the the vegetables on there and you drink it with a glass of milk and um if you do it in combination then you're less likely to have that sensitivity or you can just cut back and and choose other kinds of grains but mm-hmm. the thing that some people don't realize is that these gluten-free grains if you look at the package and you compare side by side, I mean, you're not really saving any calories. And sometimes mm-hmm. there are more calories. It's mm-hmm. like the Impossible Burger, too. I, I hate to keep bringing that up. But if you do a comparison <laughs> between that and a regular hamburger made with lean meat, um, it's going to have more calories, more saturated fat, and more sodium. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily better for you. It does. It's plant-based. Um, but... You know, that's, uh, I think that people are a little confused. And I've, I've seen that happen with the gluten free craze that they end up eating more calories. It's not a weight loss plan, guys. Mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. isn't. If you're sensitive to it, 
cut back on it, but it's not meant to deliver weight loss results. So yeah. it's just gotten kind of blown out of the water. But everywhere you go, you can get gluten-free pizza crust, gluten-free. I mean, every menu has yeah. it. And it's because so many people have taken to it in hopes of losing weight. Yeah. And I think a lot of people make outrageous claims to about the benefit of going gluten-free. So so they're attaching it to inflammation and, and headaches and, um, you know, uh, fatigue and all these things that, that you know, for Vertigo. somebody who's got celiac... Yeah, for somebody who's got celiac, maybe they will experience some of those issues um, when they eat gluten. But for the general population, there's no reasonable evidence that suggests that the average person who's got normal digestion and no other issue has any problem processing gluten. That's right. It's wheat. It's the staff of life. Yes. Remember? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so I think, you know, take a step back, eliminate it, reintroduce it, yeah. see if you really are sensitive um, some people are. Yeah. So we we now have this new group, but it's a small percentage. Right. Certainly, uh, most of the people who are following a gluten free diet don't need to. Yeah. And that I think is borne out with studies, and and that's the case. And you know, your life will be easier if you're not insisting on being gluten free. Yeah. So that that reminds me of, or makes me think about the um, all the food sensitivity testing that's out there, right? And so there are some companies who've gotten a lot of media attention, who've gotten a lot of money and are now marketing food sensitivity testing directly to consumers. And there are even some people in our profession who work in that space and do blood tests for food sensitivity. And I will say that there is no evidence that supports the use of those tests for diagnosing food sensitivity. There is no peer-reviewed process. They're, you know, they're not validated. They're not considered evidence-based. So I never recommend them, even though I see people sometimes who have had those tests and have to kind of untangle them from those. What is your experience or opinion on those? Exactly the same as yeah. yours. I mean, I'm, I don't advocate them at all. Yeah. If you suspect that you have sensitivities, you need to see an allergist. You need to, you could start with your registered dietitian and help you ascertain sometimes a, a, an elimination diet is yeah. the way we approach it. We pull foods off, we add them back in one at a time. Yeah. But some of these, te I mean, I think it's just another business model to make money. And, and as you said, the, the scientific evidence is not there yeah. to warrant the, to save your money. Yeah. Go to a real doctor yeah. or a real, not, I don't mean real doctor or real dietitian, <laughs> but go to a medical um, professional and make sure that you're evaluated. Don't do it yourself. Yeah. At home, these testing kits are just not yeah. what, what you need in order to get the most accurate uh, right. diagnosis. Right. What about, so something that I saw recently, um, I done DNA testing to okay. kind of see where I was from. Yes. Um, and there's an add on where I can see, you know, what are the most, what's the most advantageous eating style for based on my DNA. I'm glad you asked because there was just an $8 million study looking at can we map, you know, DNA samples with the right diet. And unfortunately, it's, it did not bear out. And oh. even the researcher who's Christopher Gardner out of uh, Stanford, he was really excited thinking that we're going to be able to, I mean, they went in to this study hoping that we were going to be able to give you an indication that your DNA says you need to be on a, you know, give you a macronutrient, so so much carbohydrate, or you're sensitive to caffeine, or you need more salt, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, um, DNA testing won't guide dieters to the weight loss regimen that they need. Um, it's found that there was really no difference in the weight loss from the people who were allegedly matched, and I use uh -huh. that in air quotes, with their, gen their genotype and their diet and those that were not. So oh, wow. it's not a weight loss approach. I think what we're going to find with, and, and we're not there yet, that we really are coming to personalized nutrition. And yeah. at some point, we're going to be able to get that DNA information to be able to give us indications of where we might have more sensitivities. I mean, I can use myself and my husband as an example. So we eat essentially the same diet because mm -hmm. we eat at home a lot, and and you um, eat together. I, we eat together. Um, I love to cook, um, and yet my cholesterol is higher than his cholesterol, my blood mm -hmm. cholesterol. But it's basically genetics. Yeah, you know, is hormones. We're we eat essentially the same thing. We both have lived the same lifestyle in terms of you know activity. 
but it's our genetics. So mine's a little higher than his is. And actually, I think he eats worse than I do. <laughs> what I'm not around, I'm sure he's ordering, you know, those big steaks. But um, we're going to get closer to being more accurate to say you're sensitive to sodium, that you're more likely to develop high blood pressure than, say, I am. And we know things like African-Americans mm -hmm. are more. So we have some, you know, large group data that gives us indication of who might be more sensitive to others. But that's where DNA is going to help us really figure out and guide people to more personalized nutrition that's, you know, directly related to mm -hmm. their genotype. Mm -hmm. So you saved me $60. That was really going to <laughs> Wait, just wait. Uh -huh. I'm with you, Kathleen. I mean, I think that at some point we're going to be there, but we're not there yet. No, and I not. think, I think there are a lot of companies who are making a lot of money getting an early start. And, mm -hmm. but there, but a lot of the promises they're making, I think are overhyped. I just don't think that we're getting all, all of that information. I don't think we can draw the conclusions they say we can just yet. I do think that, you know, with regard to personalized nutrition, in many ways, we're already there. And mm -hmm. a good dietitian is going to be able to personalize your nutrition recommendations, right? So based on your lifestyle, your age, your gender, your you know, family, family history. history. Exactly. I mean, and, and we can make so many great recommendations already based on that personal information, along with what we know about dietary patterns, mm -hmm. those things together, we can make so many, we can make such great advice and give people such great information that can help them live healthier, longer lives. To me, this additional information someday is going to be great. And I think we will use it. We should use it when it's ready, but we don't need it right now mm -hmm. to be, and people aren't doing the basics already. Mm -hmm. They're not doing those basic things already. If we can get people doing the basic things, that to me is going to make such a big impact but it's not sexy. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's what's, like, the, what's the basics? Well, things like um, eating fruits, fruits and vegetables. vegetables. Right. I mean, no, you know, the vast majority of the people in this country do not eat enough fruits and vegetables. Right. Don't right. drink enough water. Right. You know, lean proteins. Right. More. I I believe really firmly in the dietary guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, and so, for those of you not familiar with that, every five years they're reevaluated, and they they put together an an absolute expert panel of individuals who know all about nutrition from across every discipline. And they study all of the research that was published within the last five years. So when the last dietary guidelines were published in 2015, then they're looking at every all the science that has occurred since then to see, should we change public health recommendations? It's objective. It's not based on industry. And so that's where I think, I mean, I put a lot of faith in their recommendations and the dietary guidelines are the ones that put out my plate. So that's how we get half your plate should be fruits and vegetables. That's where we get the emphasis on plant protein. Mm -hmm. um, I think, or, or not plant protein, more plant forward that you, it's okay not to have meat every day. You can have plant versions that are just as good. So mm -hmm. eating things like nuts and legumes and quinoa, those are, they have protein. We, mm -hmm. we get enough protein. We don't need to worry about it. So eating more plant forward, I think is really important. Relying on the dietary guidelines. Um, I think they do an excellent job. So I'm really all on board for using what we know, you know, yeah. and I, and it's going to change and we're going to get more and more customized. But for now, I think the right diet is really the one that you can stick with. Yeah. Um, all diets work. I mean, um, and you, you can lose weight on any, you know, any type of diet, that grapefruit diet, that keto <laughs> diet, they all work. But they don't all work long term and there are consequences yeah. when you don't follow the right pattern. So focus on eating a way that helps you feel nourished, yeah. helps you feel energized, that gives you that, that you know, skip in your step, you mm -hmm. know, that energizing. Um, you want to build strength. You want the path to be one where the, the power of the food on the plate is going to fuel you, keep you healthy, mm -hmm. keep you out of that nursing home, you know, like it. Uh, keeping you free from disease. Yeah. I mean, isn't that all what we want, that we don't have to take medication? So um, make it personalized. It has to be personalized to your lifestyle. Yeah. So if you're on the road all the time, we got to figure out how to help you eat and navigate menus. And you can do it. It's out there. It's not a problem. But it has to be realistic. And it has to be flexible. And mm -hmm. it has to allow for those weddings and celebrations and 
all that stuff because no one wants to be denied that. Right. And if it's not pleasurable, it's not something people are going to do long term. That's right. So both, both, I think that that's a, that's such a key to any kind of food related lifestyle change. I mean, it has to fit into your day to day lifestyle, but it also has to allow for the other things that you're talking about, those celebrations. And it has to taste good. Right. And it has to be something that's, to me, it should be low stress. It should be low. If, if eating becomes for you this angst ridden thing, then that's a problem. Like a you problem. need to look at, okay, what am I doing? If, if trying to, to fit into this mold is making me anxious, if I'm not able to sleep, if I'm not able to enjoy my food, if I'm not able to go out with my friends, then something is wrong. And you need to reevaluate what you're doing and reconsider whether or not this is something that's really healthy. Because to me, if it's increasing your anxiety level, if it's making you feel bad emotionally, then it then it's not going to be good for you physically. And I would love to see people get back in the kitchen. Yes. Um, because then that I have the power. When I'm cooking, I have the power. And believe me, eating healthy is delicious. There's yes. no there's no apologies needed. You can eat healthy, really enjoy it. And I mean, to me, food is love. So I love being in the kitchen. I love preparing food for my family, my friends. Um, it's a way to really share. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would encourage people to, I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of people out there are ordering meal kits and trying to trying to just find that balance yeah. of work and feeding the family. Well, maybe spend some time on the weekends and cook up batches of food or get your family in the kitchen yeah. with you. Make it a family affair. Breaking bread together. I mean, to me, it's the thing that I cherish raising my children, and I love seeing how they're so committed to it. And it was it's it was a sacred time to be around a table breaking bread together and being a family and um, cooking. And one of the gifts that I gave to my daughter and to my daughter-in-law when they got married was a recipe box, which I have to tell you was really hard to find because (laughs) nobody uses recipe boxes anymore. (laughs) And nor was I able to find recipe cards, but I hand wrote a hundred of the family favorite recipes. So, you know, ones from that they've been enjoying, you know, their whole life. Well, not my, my daughter-in-law, but my son. Um, and it was such a labor of love, but it's because I, I love being in the kitchen and I think food is important. And I wanted the handwritten mm-hmm. because some of the things that I treasure from my mom mm-hmm. are her handwritten recipes. Uh-huh. She's gone. and But I have her recipes in her handwriting. So, yeah. you know, uh, call me old-fashioned. I am. <laughs> I'm uh, old-fashioned too. My, my friend said, oh, why don't you just make a book? Well, I wanted to write it. Yeah. So, you know, I binge watched TV and did whatever, you know, had tried <laughs> to make it fun to do it. But um, I just think getting back in the kitchen is really a way to put the control back in your hands. That way you can add more vegetables. You can yeah. use less butter. You can manipulate recipes and make them a little healthier and customize them to the things that your family likes. Mm-hmm. I love that. To that, I would add to just give yourself some grace too. So, yeah. you know, I kind of, my current journey is um, we're incorporating vegetarian two times a week into our eating. And I love to cook. I'm a great cook, a certain type of cook. So this is a different type of mm-hmm. cooking and mm-hmm. meal preparation and my normal you know three hour on Sunday meal prep for the week took me six hours the first time that I did it with the two vegan options or vegetarian options um and I think it was Sherry that I was talking to that I was like oh my gosh this took me so long and she was like you know what it's not going to take you that long the next time mm-hmm. and also understanding that it's it's a different way of combining flavors and it's fine to just throw it away if it tastes gross and try it again. You know, don't hold yourself to this. Oh, I can't waste food. Screw it. Throw it away. Yeah. And try again. Just give yourself some grace and understand that it's going to be okay. And take yeah. shortcuts. I mean, I had, I used to always wash all my lettuce by hand. I now buy it, you know, in pre-washed. bins that's pre-washed. Yeah. And sometimes I yes. buy things chopped yep. and, you know, you, you, you take the shortcuts that you want. I mm-hmm. mean, sometimes I pick up a rotisserie chicken and, yeah. 
you and know, you can use frozen and you can, yes. you know, yeah, yeah. they have earth in the squeeze bottles. That's right. I uh-huh. will never grate ginger again <laughs> or so cut garlic. You don't, it doesn't have to be, you know, like uh, Julia Child, right. Right. these long recipes. I also tape some cooking shows. Um, and I watch them and I'm on the treadmill and I kind of looking at what other people are doing, getting yeah. ideas, yeah. Just, just becoming more proficient in the kitchen with shortcuts. And, mm-hmm. um, I love cooks illustrated. I mean, Me they, they do amazing job. I mean, they've got hundreds of people doing all the work and then they say, okay, here's the best way to do it. Thank yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this has been so enlightening thinking about all these different approaches to eating that are out there and it can be very confusing for the consumer. And sometimes as a dietitian, it's easy for me to forget how confusing and noisy it is. Mm. So I think, thank you for coming and helping us sort My of pleasure. sort through some of these popular, most popular um, diets that we're hearing about. Definitely there are some pros and cons to all of them. Um, I think as people consider what fits into their lifestyle, mm-hmm. they, that's the most important important thing is considering your specific needs and how can these things or how can I get back to a more basic approach and I think if people can just focus on the basics at least for a while and master the basics and then maybe consider how can I tailor do I want to you know adopt one of these other approaches then maybe that's a better way to to go altogether but um, if people want to find out more information what do you have any resources or places you you send people for reliable information well, I think anything um, ORG, you uh-huh, know, so is, better. The, um, is an organization. So the Academy has um, a great website that you can look at. Of That's course, WebMD eatright.org. is uh, eatright.org. WebMD has, you know, we really are a trusted brand of information. So you can go there as well. Um, and I think, you know, anything government, yeah. you know, with the GOV, just be careful and realize that everyone's on a diet. Your diet is what you eat. (laughs) Um, And so you don't have to be on a special diet. If you want to lose weight, you just got to cut back on calories. So, you know, maybe it's just drinking fewer um, soft drinks. Maybe it's having fewer desserts. Maybe it's having fewer snacks. But Mm -hmm. cut out the stuff that's the extra stuff and, and focus on the good stuff, you know, that's the fruits and vegetables and grains and nuts and seeds and dairy and um, I mean, eat lots of fish. You know, American Heart Association wants our hearts to be healthy. And by that, we can eat fish twice a week. So focus on that. Think about preparation style. Like, mm-hmm. can you maybe grill this or broil it and not fry it? Yeah. Um, you know, like where can you make these little tweaks Little changes, because if you're not on a specialized kind of diet and instead you approach it in the forever Mm -hmm. uh, approach, I think those that's where you really get success. And Mm -hmm. then jump on the scale once a week. Get on the scale on Monday mornings. Um, That kind of sets my week. Um, I give myself a few pounds, but, you know, right after you uh, go to the bathroom in your same night clothes, jump on the scale <laughs> or naked. in the morning or naked, um, not in the middle of the day, but, you know, when that's your dry weight. And if you see, wow, I'm, I'm inching up, um, then maybe this week you want to exercise a little bit more. Or maybe you say, mm, I'm not going to splurge as much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny to hear you say that because some people are like super anti Super no, anti-scale. And I think I I am I've always weighed myself. I weigh myself once a week, just yeah, like you just not described. every day. I think that's not every day. I don't weigh myself every day, right. but I've always weighed myself on a you know, just sort of regularly, just so that I can I can kind of gauge where I am. But I do think that there are some people who shouldn't weigh themselves. Well, they they're the ones that are doing it constantly. Yeah. Um, so you know, once a week is fine. Some people like to do it on Fridays, kind of set the tone for the weekend. Yeah. Um, but you can't rely on your clothes. No. Um, no. and it's just a good checks and balance. It's part of to me, it's part of your healthy, like taking showers and taking care of yourself. I mean, you just get on the scale and, and check in and um, make sure that your BMI is is a healthy BMI and you are where you need to be. Yeah. You know, because it's really, again, it's about your health. It's not yeah. about the size of your genes. We want you to be healthy. And food is medicine. Yeah. Um, it's what you do to stay healthy. So if you want a long, healthy life, you need to have a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to say also about the .gov sites and about the dietary guidelines, I know that a lot of people are critical of those. And I would like to say that, um, so, so some people say, well, we've had the dietary guidelines and we've had the, the, you know, my plate or we've had the pyramids and none of that works. 
But the reality is that most people don't follow them. That's right. So, yeah, so you can't say they don't work. They right. don't work. I mean, <laughs> nothing works if you're not adhering to it. Exactly. I mean, it's it's really pathetic, the percentage of, yeah. of Americans who gets the required number of fruits and vegetables. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's hard and it takes that conscious effort. And yeah. remember, you can drink vegetable juice and... We don't want you drinking too much fruit juice. There's a limit on that because it goes down so easy. You know, sometimes it's better to eat the whole fruit, yeah. which has the fiber in it. But um, we need to be better at following those guidelines. Yes, Then exactly. I think we'll see some, you know, some benefits. Exactly. So, thank exactly. you for having me today. It was really fun <laughs> thank uh, you. to be a guest on your show. Thank you. And if fun. people want to connect with you, how can they find you? Um, Kay Zellman at WebMD.net. Okay. And awesome. on Twitter at Kay Zellman RD. Okay. Awesome. Facebook. Zellman 1L. 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 Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us. This has been so much fun and it's so interesting to think about this. And I know this is a topic we'll probably come back to because I feel like there's always more to say. But as we wrap up the show today, we have one question we ask um, at the end of every show. And it is, what are you going to do today to be healthier, D? Well, for me, you know, I got my Peloton bike in May and yes. I have been obsessed. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but this past week I was traveling, so I haven't been on the bike in like four days. So I'm so excited to be able to jump back on the bike Yay. this afternoon. That's awesome. What about you? <laughs> Uh, what am I doing today? Well, I watched Wimbledon this morning. That oh. was really fun. Uh, <laughs> although, poor Serena didn't get to break a record, but Simona Halep won. Um, so I'm probably going to um, get some exercise and uh, with dinner plans tonight. So. Cool. And tomorrow I get my grandsons. We They come over, my son and his wife, and, and the two kids come over every Sunday, and we have dinner together. Oh, that's so, great. That's yes, so nice. I, I absolutely love it. Um, and so I'll be prepping for what am I cooking tomorrow for uh -huh. dinner and uh, going to the grocery store. So yeah, that's, how about you? Oh, I have a date with my son. Oh, so I've, we have a super fun night planned, although I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do, but my husband has plans with some of his friends. So I get a very rare evening to myself with my son. We have lots of daytime together, but we don't ever get to go to dinner or have just like a date night, just the yeah. two of us. So I'm, I'm, and I love my husband, don't get me wrong, but I'm kind of excited to like take him out and go do a night out together. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. I find that going on like kind of dates yeah. with my boys, especially now that they're older, it's just wonderful. Mm -hmm. The kinds of conversations that we can have mm -hmm. and the way that we're able to connect. I love it. Yeah. So it'll be an emotionally healthy evening for me. Yeah. yeah. As long as he behaves himself. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you girlfriends for listening in today and for, um, for joining in with this conversation and don't let it stop here. If you've got additional questions, um, catch up with us on social media, ask us, you know, pose your questions to each other and let us chime in. Let's have a conversation around these, um, popular diets. We'd love to hear what you think. Um, you're experiences and um and yeah this will this will come up again i have a feeling yes. <laughs> it's called evergreen evergreen right? for sure well and if you have any questions or suggestions for the show you can always reach out to us um you can reach out to me directly as dietitiancherry at gmail.com or you can connect with the show at uh, southern fried girlfriends at gmail.com find us on social media and also as always um rate the show and share it with a friend because that's how people find us all right, y'all. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye.